It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Tuesday, August 17th, 2021. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. After two weeks of cases on the decline, Sitka saw a spike in COVID cases over the weekend, and at least two more people have been hospitalized with the virus. Local health officials reported 28 new coronavirus cases on Saturday and Sunday, according to the city's COVID dashboard. All but two of the cases are residents, and 22 of them are secondary, meaning they had known contact with a person who tested positive for the virus. One case is listed as travel-related, and contact tracing is in progress for the rest of the cases. In keeping with local and national trends, the new cases are mostly younger. 64% of the weekend's cases are under 40, including four children under 19, eight people in their 20s, and six in their 30s. Several people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s also tested positive. KCAW has reached out to local health officials for more information on whether the spike is connected to one event or large gathering. 16 more cases were reported on Monday evening, pushing the active case count up to 97. Sitka has reported 987 cases, 40 hospitalizations, and two deaths since the pandemic began last year. Disaster was averted over the weekend when the Sitka Fire Department caught a laundry fire before it ignited into a bigger problem. EMS Captain Rob Janik says the department received a call just before 6 p.m. on Sunday about a weird smell at a Coast Guard housing unit. When firefighters arrived, there was smoke in the hallway and a smoke alarm was blaring. The source? A handful of rags smoldering in a dryer. Firefighters quickly put the blaze out with a fire extinguisher. Janik says he's unsure why these particular rags caught fire, but says rags that have been used to clean up grease or oil are a common cause of laundry fires. Sitka schools will reopen on August 23rd with an optional masking policy in the event that the community's infection rate drops to fewer than seven cases in 14 days. The proposed policy may conflict with guidance from state and federal health experts who say that universal masking is the best way to keep kids in school. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. Alaska's chief medical officer, Dr. Ann Zink, is a mother herself, and she knows that what students and families experienced last year in remote learning was far from ideal. She's hopeful that we won't see a repeat. Zink spoke at a weekly press conference held by medical staff at the Department of Health and Social Services. We know that kids do better in school and with in-person learning and why we are excited to have kids in school. We also know that we have a highly contagious virus that continues to spread, and we have tools uh, to be able to minimize that. And so we continue to work with schools and school districts to see what that looks like and what tools they may be able to use to keep their COVID cases low so that their kids can be in school, not needing to quarantine, not needing to be out. It was great to see the CDC recommendations that fully masked children don't need to quarantine. Uh, And so that's a great way to kind of keep kids in school overall. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control issued updated guidance for schools on August 4th that recommended universal masking for all students, teachers, staff, and visitors to schools, regardless of vaccination status. The 2021 school year ended on a fairly positive note. Sitka's infection rate was extremely low. Graduation was held at all three high schools, and there was good reason to be optimistic about this coming school year. Zinc and other health professionals see a different climate this fall. We are still learning a lot about this virus. We continue to see surges, and particularly with the Delta variant right now. But we are also at a time where we can't have all of our kids vaccinated. Those less than 12 can't be vaccinated. 
And so masking is uh, in schools, not something that necessarily will be here forever. This is something that we are um, encouraging people to take a look at these CDC guidance because they do provide tools, particularly when we have a group of our population that does not have the opportunity to protect themselves with vaccines. Kids tend to do much better with this disease uh, than adults. Uh, but as Joe just shared with the information earlier, we still see hospitalizations. We've been fortunate in the state that we have not had a pediatric death, um, but we continue to watch this virus uh, closely and do what we can to encourage communities, schools, individuals uh, to take precaution measures to minimize the risk of this disease on their community and the kids. The Sitka School Board will meet on the evening of August 18th to consider its precautions. If the community remains on high or moderate alert, the precautions mirror the recommendations by the CDC. At low or minimal alert, however, masking becomes optional except on the district's buses. At the meeting of the Sitka Unified Command on August 12th, public health nurse Denise Ewing reported that over 90 children under the age of 19 had tested positive for COVID-19 in Sitka. But this doesn't mean that large numbers of students will enter school with immunity. State epidemiologist Joe McLaughlin said the latest research indicated that having COVID conferred immunity against reinfection for only 90 days. That is uh, really compelling evidence to indicate that people who have had prior SARS-CoV-2 infection, prior COVID disease, they should get vaccinated if they want to decrease their risk of reinfection. Since children under 12 aren't yet eligible for vaccination, Dr. Zink suggested that now was not the time to relax precautions. In fact, she wants us all to step up our game against the Delta variant. We have a new and more challenging foe, and it's going to take every Alaskan waking up every day and making a decision about what they're going to do to keep themselves mentally and physically healthy and well and their community healthy and well. And that includes being conscientious of this virus uh, and taking steps that may be needed uh, to help slow its spread uh, overall. So I don't think this is, it doesn't land on any one person. This takes, you know, patients, this takes providers, this takes the public, this takes the press, uh, this takes policymakers, this takes all of us together. uh, And I think that's part of the reason why it's an even more challenging phase in the pandemic. The Sitka School Board will meet 6 p.m. Wednesday, August 18th in Harrigan Centennial Hall to review its COVID guidance for the upcoming school year. You can find a link to the guidance on our website, kcaw.org. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. When you hear the word pollinator, you probably think of a bumblebee. But a lot of different insects act as pollinators, serving a vital role in the ecosystem. Bee populations in North America have been declining for decades, but the scope of that loss, especially in Alaska, is still unclear. On Mitkoff Island, the U.S. Forest Service is contributing to a statewide study of pollinators. Katie Anastas has the story. Oh, we got a bee! Excellent. Casey Allen and Shelby Stadler walk through the muskeg near the Raven's Roost trailhead, checking a row of fluorescent blue, yellow, and white cups. They're looking to see what insects have landed in them overnight. Allen picks up one of the cups with three flies floating inside. So what we have here is about a quarter full of water with some dish soap, which seems odd, but the dish soap is there to break the water surface tension. So if you've ever seen like a water strider, how it depends on the water surface tension, uh, without that, a bug that lands is just going to fall right in and sink and not be able to escape. These traps are part of a statewide effort to measure pollinators. And it's not just bees. A lot of insects act as pollinators, 
including wasps, flies, dragonflies, and butterflies. Stadler says those other pollinators deserve attention, too. I think honeybees are sort of the, the poster child or the mascot for pollinators, but our wild pollinators are the ones who do a lot of the heavy lifting also, sort of behind the scenes. Alan says she was surprised to see so many different kinds of insects in the cups. I was mostly expecting bees and a few, a few uh, flies. It's very interesting to me to see that we have what I'm pretty sure is a parasitic wasp in there. Alan and Stadler collect the cups, remove the insects, and send the samples to the Alaska Center for Conservation Science at the University of Alaska Anchorage. The university is leading the project, called the Alaska Bee Atlas. Alaska's 22 bumblebee species have been well documented. But little is known about solitary bees. Those are bees that don't create colonies or hives, and don't have a separate system of workers and queens. Of the 4,000 bee species in North America, 98% of them are solitary bees. Stadler says the goal of the project is to collect more comprehensive data on all pollinator species, including those here on Mitkoff Island. We want to keep track of like what kinds of pollinators are in the area or maybe see like, hey, we haven't seen this pollinator that's supposed to be here in a long time. Like, what's going on? Maybe we are doing something to sort of prevent it from coming here or doing something to kill it. And we're trying to figure out what that might be so we can fix it. Declines in pollinator species have been attributed to habitat loss, pesticide use, invasive plant species, and climate change. Alan says bees and other pollinators are important for the entire food chain. I think everyone is a very big fan of blueberries. If these bugs aren't out there pollinating those plants, we don't have our blueberries, but that's sad for us. But more importantly, the animals around here that depend on them don't have that. Pollinator health doesn't just affect how bugs are doing or how plants are doing. It affects bears, it affects birds, and it's absolutely a ripple effect. These pollinators affect every single part of the ecosystem. Researchers at the University of Alaska Anchorage say the Alaska Bee Atlas is part of a national effort to conserve bee populations throughout the country. In Petersburg, I'm Katie Anastas. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a quick look at the weather for Tuesday, August 17, 2021, in Sitka. Chance of rain in the morning, then rain in the afternoon. Rain may be heavy at times in the afternoon. Highs 55 to 61. South winds 15 to 20 miles per hour. For tonight, rain. Lows in the lower 50s. South winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. And tomorrow, rain showers likely. Highs in the upper 50s. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Mm-hmm.